0: Let me just read to you Psalm 136. You can follow the words behind me. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of the lords. His love endures forever. To him alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day. His love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever and brought Israel through the midst of it. His love endures forever, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever, and killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, his love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel, his love endures forever. He remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. These are the words of the Lord.
1: Thank you, John. Well, I don't know uh, what sort of year you've had. Maybe it has been an absolutely wonderful year. Maybe you can think of heaps and heaps of things that you want to give thanks to God for. Uh, Maybe it's been both good and hard. You've suffered sickness, or accident, or job loss, or something like that, and yet you're still able to continue to praise God because you can see His goodness through, through the struggle. Although maybe you look back at the year and all you can see is struggle. All you can see is difficulty and it's hard. You, we read a psalm like this this morning and you think to yourself, well, I don't know that I can do that. don't know that I can give praise that way. I, I think that as a church, John uh, mentioned this, that there is much for us to praise God for and give thanks to God for. There's been challenges, of course, this year. Uh, people who have suffered great difficulty uh, and, of course, we've been down a pastor for the year. But there is much to give thanks for. And so it seemed to me that whatever situation you're in, uh, whatever situation our church is in, it is, it's good to finish the year thinking about why we should praise God and, in a way, what we have to thank God for. Uh, and that brings us to Psalm 136. A psalm that helps us to not only understand why we should praise God, but how we can praise God, even when life is hard, even when there are struggles, real and genuine, painful struggles in our life. Psalm 136 teaches us how we can continue to give thanks to our God. Uh, It is a psalm with, let's be honest, a somewhat annoying refrain. I mean, we can admit that, that's okay, I know it's the Word of God, but... (laughs) I I remember as a teenager that we did exactly as John John suggested we should do, Uh, that is we used to read this responsively, and it starts well, everyone's full of enthusiasm for the first five or six, his love endures forever but then, his love endures forever, his love endures forever and then you get, you get toward the end of the psalm, he killed many kings, his love endures forever, how does that work? How, how is that God's love? So, we're going to look at this psalm, we're going to see how it urges us and encourages us and directs us toward praise, there's three sections here that do that and then right at the end we'll, we'll get to this refrain and asking the question, well, why is it here every other line in, our, in this psalm? Uh, well, as I say, it's a psalm of giving thanks, give thanks to the Lord, the psalm starts, for he is good. And, and the word Lord there is in capital, so uh, if you're not familiar, that means, it's actually the word behind that is the word Yahweh, or that's how we think it would be pronounced, uh, the personal name of God uh, that he gave to the Israelites, that they would know him by, that He would relate, they would relate to him by. Uh, and he is good, we're told. He is, in verse 2, the God of all gods not that there are other gods but there are other spiritual powers and God is obviously far greater than them uh, and He is far greater than any of the idols that floated around in the ancient world or today. He is above all powers and He is the Lord of Lords. Now, that's just the introduction and what follows, as I say, in three sections is three really significant reasons that we can give praise to God no matter our circumstances, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on. And the first section is all about creation. It t- tells us that we can give thanks and praise to God because of His good creation that we continue to enjoy. We can give thanks and praise to God because of His good con- creation that we continue to enjoy. He, The psalmist lays this out, uh, he has done great wonders, He alone has done great wonders, that is, God, He created the universe. By His wisdom, or His understanding, He created the universe. And then, He, he talks about the, the earth being spread upon the waters, this is not, uh, you know, some f- weak attempt at scientific reasoning by the Bible, this is just a way of describing what is happening uh, and it's a way of praising God for what's most significant, that is, land. I don't know if you've noticed but we need land to live. Uh, Someone will go and tell me about the Pacific Island people at some somewhere or other who live on the water, yes, wonderful, you're very clever, but most of us, most of us need the land to live, this is where we grow our food, it's where we build our houses, it's where we do everything, Land. And so the psalmist says, God, you're really awesome for making land for us to live on. That's wonderful that it's not just water everywhere. And then he praises God for uh, the great lights the hev- in the sky, the, the sun and then the moon and the stars. Sun for day, moon and stars for night. Uh, this is a common theme. If you read, read your Bible, you know this comes up often. I, it seems to me the reason that this is so often mentioned is because it's universal, That is, everyone experiences the sun and moon. If the psalmist was in Galilee, let's say, and he was writing and he wrote, well, I praise God for the magnificent lake and the mountains that surround it and so on, that's fine, that's wonderful, but someone who grew up and lives in Jerusalem might be thinking, well, I don't know, what's he talking about, I've never seen a lake? Uh, And so, the moon and the stars are this wonder that we see above us, that every human being enjoys. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, He has done great wonders, He has created this whole world with magnificent things in it that we enjoy. And if you were to reflect on your year or further back, you would no doubt come up with many, many ways that you have enjoyed God's creation. Some of you have had the opportunity this year to travel, you've travelled around Australia or you've travelled overseas and you've seen the many spectacular sights, the incredible variety of ecosystems and so on and climates that our world supports and you've stood perhaps in wonder at a glacier or you've stood at wonder in front of a mountain or you've stood in wonder uh, looking out over the sea, or whatever it is. And even if you haven't traveled this year, there's enough just here in the Redlands, isn't there? Beautiful trees, like where we had the carols, bushland to walk in, coastal areas to walk along and admire, cool nights around the fire. And that's just the outdoors. (laughs) There are so many things that God has created that we can enjoy, creating things from raw materials through woodwork or craft or gardening or sewing or whatever it is, the the wonderful and incredible variety of tastes and foods that we can drink, eat and drink, that feeling that I'm sure some of you would enjoy the last few days where you pull whatever it is out of the fridge that's nice and cold and you you know, you've got sweat running down you, and you drink this beautiful, cool drink. And then we'll get to winter, as it is here in Queensland. Uh, and some of you will make yourself a nice hot chocolate to enjoy in front of the fire because you really think that it's cold. And God made all of that in his understanding. He designed all of that beauty and wonder. Praise the Lord. Do you praise the Lord? Or do you just kind of, well, that's what I expect out of life. I mean, that's, you know, that's just what's there. Do you take time to endure not just enjoy creation, but to praise and thank God for the wonders of His creation. Uh, some of the guys in my small group, I, I, I'm i encouraged by them, they're they're quite good at this, every so often one of them will post something uh, on our WhatsApp group sharing the wonder of creation. Here's just a sample that I, I quickly found as I was, um, th- this one was more taunting, I've got to say, it was kind of like, aren't you sad you're not here? But the rest of them were more sort of, you know, look at the show that God's putting on this morning, isn't God wonderful, what an incredible creator, so on and so forth. And that's what we need. That's what we need. We need a, a God, we need our friends to remind ourselves of our God who, who created this world, who who made beauty and wonder for us to enjoy and to delight in. Praise the God of creation, who made a delightful world. Now, maybe that's hard for you, because for reasons potentially completely beyond your control, you don't maybe get out and do that kind of stuff, or there's other reasons that you just don't enjoy The creation so much. Now, of all the three reasons to praise God that are here in this psalm, this one alone can be, in a sense, lost to us, to some degree. That is, the circumstances of our life can affect the quantity and the quality of our enjoyment of God's good creation. After all, there are brothers and sisters in Christ from this church who are essentially bedridden. They they can't enjoy much of this stuff. Just this year, our our sister, Inuka Crawford, fell over and broke her hip. And what little enjoyment she was, a capacity for enjoyment of the world she had, was to some degree taken from her. Now, that's terrible. (laughs) A sin. That's the terrible effect of the sin and the curse in this world. Age wears us down over time, illness robs us of our capacity to enjoy God's creation and there are other things too. And yet I want to say to you this morning, as hard as that is and as much as that is a reality of this life, there are always still good things that we enjoy to praise God for. The things that still remain to you, Perhaps it is a cool drink or the breeze across your skin, a kind word from another person or a hug, the warmth and softness of your bed, tasty food, chocolate, coffee, whatever it is for you. There are things that even in the midst of difficult circumstances we can be thankful for. And even when much is lost to us, we can still remember the wonders and the wisdom of God in creating this world. That He is the God who created an incredible world for us to enjoy. And and, and in a way, that's where memory and stories and pictures and and, uh, someone shared with me, someone had given them a a video this week uh, of just the wonder of creation. And okay, he wasn't there in the creation, but he was watching it and he was still able to praise God for the wonder of the things that he had made. Even if it was taken from me today that I was never able to visit the beach again, I would still have the glorious memories that I have of hours and hours spent in the waves, jumping up and down, catching the waves into shore, full of joy. And we can still praise our God for those things, even when they are lost to us. And those things remind us to look forward to a time when we will have the new creation, like this one in many ways, but with one great exception, There will be no curse and there will be no sin. There will be no suffering and no pain. There we will live in a magnificent new creation that we will praise God for endlessly as we enjoy the wonders of all that He has made. And so we can praise our God, the glorious Creator, for the things we still enjoy and the things that we will enjoy in the world to come. Well, in the second section here, the psalmist moves on from the glorious creation to God's incredible salvation. Now, because this is the Old Testament, as he speaks about, uh, the, uh, he speaks about salvation, what does he speak about? He speaks about the rescue of Israel from Egypt, the great Old Testament salvation event and he speaks in particular Of the final terrible plague where the firstborn of every household in Egypt was killed except every household that had the blood of the lamb painted on the lintel and the doorposts. Then the angel of death passed over them and they were saved from that and so Israel was rescued from that uh, and they were released from Egypt and were able to flee. And then the psalmist remembers also that great event at the Red Sea where the sea parts and the people of Israel go through and then as, as the army of Pharaoh and Pharaoh himself come to pursue them and kill them and destroy them, the waters come in and wipe them out and they are saved. God's people had been enslaved without hope of escape, with, by a great power that treated them cruelly and forced them to work horribly and killed their baby sons even. And God rescued them. He rescued them and this echoes down the generations all through the Old Testament, right until you get to Jesus and beyond because the Jews still celebrate this as they celebrate the Passover. And yet... Friends, as great as that salvation event was, it has been surpassed. It had been surpassed when now another eldest son died, not because his father was rebellious or because of his own sin, but because he came and he died for our own sin, our sins, not his own, our sins. And he died to rescue us from slavery, not a slavery to a foreign nation but a slavery to sin, a slavery to the desires and passions that drive us, that drive us away from God and towards self-indulgence, that drive us away from love and towards selfishness, a slavery to that that though we can sometimes see we cannot escape because we're so certain that we know best, that we are better without God and we are better doing our own thing. And so, Jesus came into this world and He died the death that we deserve and He rose to give us new life. It reminded me of this hymn, which we don't, uh, I don't think we sing anymore. He left, that is, Jesus left His Father's throne above, so free, so infinite His grace, emptied Himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. "'Tis mercy all, immense and free, for, O oh, my God, it found out me. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night, thine eye diffused a quickening ray.'" That's probably why we don't sing it anymore, because no, none of you probably have a clue what that meant, right? Uh, "'A light comes from God.'" diffused, a light comes from God and it quickens us, it gives us life, which is kind of what he says in the next, I awoke, the dungeon flamed with life, my chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth and followed Thee." You see, here we were, enchained, spiritually enchained by our sin and our passions and our desires and Christ comes from His Father's throne in heaven and comes to earth and breaks the chains. And sets us free to follow Him, to live for Him, to live with Him. And we do celebrate, we we praise God for this every week, as we should. We've just dwelt on it for weeks on end, leading up to Christmas, which is wonderful. It's the core of who we are, isn't it? And it's good for us to have this praise on our lips, in our songs, in our conversations, in our minds, as we encourage and and strengthen and comfort one another with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's also good for us not to just remember that rescue generally, but to remember our rescue. I was enchained. I was a slave to sin and He came and rescued me and to remember the day that your chains fell off, your heart was free. Now, now maybe you can't, maybe it was a long process and you don't know exactly when, maybe it happened when you were very young and you can't quite remember but even so, to know and to be, and to celebrate and to praise our God that once you were a slave and now you are free. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to Him for He has rescued us at great cost to Himself. He hung on a cross so that we could go free and follow Him. Well, the third section uh, is in verse 16-16. Uh, to 22. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this this one is perhaps a little less clear to us but uh, this is all about care on the journey. Now, you can see that if you, if I just read to you verse 16 and then 21 and 22, to him who led his people through the wilderness, verse verse 16 and then verse 21, and gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel. In other words, when God rescued Israel from Egypt, it's not that He just said, off you go, enjoy the desert, (laughs) have fun out there uh, without food and without water and not knowing quite where to go and how to, and, you know, attacked by various groups and so on. Have fun, you know, you're free now. That's not what He did. He led Israel through the desert. He, he cared for them. He fed them. He, he protected them. He gave them water to drink, even when they were sinful, even when they were rebellious. He led them all the way to the land that He had promised their forefathers to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You see, He was faithful and He cared for His people in the journey. Now, God's not leading us, having released us from slavery, He's not leading us to a a land, a physical land. He's leading us to the new heavens and the new earth, what we usually call heaven. And just like He kept Israel safe and brought them to where He said He would, so He keeps us safe and cares for us on that journey. Jesus, uh, in that wonderful passage in John, calls himself the great shepherd and he says, my father brings me many sheep and I will lose none of them he brings me. I will bring them. I'm going to shepherd them all the way to the end. He guides us and protects us and feeds us on the journey so that we reach heaven safely. And I, I don't mean by safely without trouble, but we get there. We arrive intact. We will be with Him forever in the new heavens and the new earth because He will shepherd us there. And again, friends, you might look back on the year and uh, the time that's happened, 2023 or perhaps beyond, and see the way that Jesus has shepherded you and guided you to bring you safely to heaven with Him. Perhaps you were wandering away and through various means He's called you back. Maybe maybe He allowed suffering to come into your life. That's not always why we suffer, but sometimes He allows suffering to come into our lives so that we're shocked, so that we start asking questions, what's going on, why, why is... He? so that we turn back to God. Maybe that's exactly what He did. Maybe He, in the depths of despair, He sent you one of His other children, to encourage you and strengthen you while you were in a really dark place. Maybe it was while you were ministering to someone that you yourself were encouraged and strengthened. Maybe it was a sin that you've been long struggling with and he, He's finally guided you through. Maybe it was a sermon or a small group or a something where God just grabbed you and He grew you and he sent you onwards you see Jesus is shepherding us he's guiding us he's getting us to the end of the journey he's caring for us and because of that he is to be praised praise to him for the personalised care that he gives you that he gives us but he gives you for His dedication to His promises, for His fatherly love, for His commitment to do good to us even when we, like Israel, resist and wander off and do all sorts of wrong and silly things that He comes after us and saves us and guides us. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! The God who cares for us on our journey. Well, as the psalmist gets to verses 23 to 25, he, he sort of sums up. He, he remembered us in our lower state. He freed us from our enemies. Yes, our greatest enemy, sin. He, he saw us and didn't reject us, even though we were lowly. And then it says, He gives food to every creature, which seems completely out of context. Like, what's that about? Why is that suddenly, you know, He doesn't mention creatures anywhere. I, I think what He's doing is similar to what Jesus does when He's teaching about do not worry. And and what does Jesus say? He says, do not worry, if God can look after the sparrows and even the grass of the field, then he can look after you, it's going to be okay. And I think that's what the psalmist is doing, he feeds every creature, don't worry. If he can feed the mice of the field, the birds of the air, he can look after you, you who he came to rescue at the cost of his son, he'll look after you. And so then, why does it say, over and over and over, every other line is love endures forever? And it's worth just noting that the word love there it is love, but it's one of those ones that's just really hard to capture. It's love with a, with a generous helping of faithfulness and steadfastness and, 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 and promise-keeping, and, and Right? There's just no English word that that has all of that wrapped into it, and so you will sometimes see uh, this translated as his steadfast love, or his uh, loving faithfulness, or something like that, as the we kind of trying to capture all the nuance that's there. His faithful love, his covenant love, his steadfast love—it it lasts forever. Why is that? Why do we need to hear that over and over again? Well, in part, it's because the rest of the psalm, all of these things that we've seen, He's creating kindness for our enjoyment, His salvation despite our rebellion, He's walking with us to make sure we get home to be with Him. All of those things, they, all those things prove, they prove that he, His love, His faithfulness endures forever. They demonstrate that to us. And so it's good, good to remind us in what motivates God to create, what motivates God to rescue, what motivates God to care for us. It's, it's His love, it's His steadfast, promised love that will never, ever, ever fail. And so the psalm, in a sense, proves that that's what He's like. But I think the major reason that it's repeated over and over again is because we're forgetful, is because while you probably know that His love endures forever, the reality is we so easily forget that His love endures forever. Isn't that true? That sometime in the last year you forgot it went out of your mind that the God who is caring for you and looking over you is a God of everlasting, faithful love. Uh, when the trouble starts, it's often, I find at least, easy to remember that God is faithful and loving and uh, it's all going to be okay. But when the, as you go down further, <laughs> it gets harder and harder, doesn't it? As, it? as it stretches out, it gets harder and harder to remember that the God who cares for us, is a God of ever-enduring, faithful love. As life is good, and we're skating over the surface of so many good things and so many joys, we can forget that the God who made those things did it out of love for us. No, we're, we're prone to forget that His love endures forever. And so the psalmist, (laughs) God caused the psalmist to make us say it over and over again, line after line after line, so that we would not forget. So that in the end, we would say, give thanks to the God of heaven, His love Faithful, covenant love endures and endures and endures forever. Let's pray. Our Father in Heaven, we praise You. We praise You for the creation that is around us that we enjoy, that we can still enjoy, though marred by sin and curse. And we praise you that you are remaking that world that we would live with you in peace and joy forever father we praise you that you are a god who rescues who rescues even when the cost is entirely borne by you a terrible cost we praise you for being a god who continues to care for us in the journey even after we're rescued and even after we rebel and trip up and wander off, you still love us because your faithful, everlasting love endures forever and ever and ever. And Father, we pray that you will remind us of that, that in the dark times and the joyful times, we will remember that you are a God who loves us, and give you all the praise and honour that you are due. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.